Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, Igor Jerkovic. Igor, how you doing? I'm finally well rested because now that the regular season is over, we have like a month free of Basketball Champions League games, so uh, it's a good break for us to kind of regain our composure and go strong in the closing segments of the season. Yeah. Um, there, there is obviously some basketball, you know, there's domestic basketball. There's also, um, we have the FIBA Intercontinental Cup with Herrera um, San Pablo Burgos uh, facing the Argentinian team. Uh, Quimsma in Buenos Aires. Uh, that game is on at 10 p.m. Uh, uh, CET, and uh, so if you want to check that out, um, our interview this week, uh, we have a sort of, I guess I, I kind of call it a roundtable review, look ahead. Uh, we I had uh, we, we talked to three of the announcers who call the games, uh, Mark Clark, Lloyd Gardner, and Jeff Taylor, uh, listeners to the podcast. Uh, no, no, Jeff Taylor from the last couple of uh, years we've had him on, but it was good to hear from uh, from Mark Clark and uh, and Lloyd Gardner as well. So that uh, is coming up. Uh, we're gonna offer up our opinions uh, a little bit uh, uh, about the the draw. Obviously, we know which teams uh, are in which groups, and also there's the schedule out, so you can kind of uh, you know look around and and sort of uh, and and analyze you know which which games might be important, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, where your team is going to be heading when and stuff like that. Um, let's wrap up, uh, actually the regular season and also then wrap up, uh, January, uh, in a bow with the team of the month that was, uh, named, uh, and the, the, the quintet, uh, on that was, um, started with, uh, QJ Peterson from Bucken, uh, 26 point, the uh, amazing numbers, 26, Point five points, six point uh, six rebounds, six point five assists. Um, uh, just a ultra dynamic player uh, who will all miss. Uh, Keith Langford, Ike, twenty five points, fifty five percent field goal percentage. Reimer Morgan, twenty point six points, seventy five point seventy five percent and shooting uh, with four rebounds from Karshiaka. Uh, Bonzi Colson, uh, Strasburg, 27 points, seven rebounds, 3.5 steals. Um, and, uh, hey man, had to get a Croatian in there, right? Tomislav Supsic from, uh, Tofas with 17 points and, uh, seven, uh, I think seven rebounds, uh, and three assists. Uh, and the MVP was Ryan Morgan from Karshiaka. Uh, thoughts on that? Maybe anybody you think that had a, had an argument to maybe be included? No, I just want to send a shout out to my man Tomislav Zucic, who really says that he got injured. Like he was just starting to buy his minutes in Tofashen, playing really good, and then he got injured, had a surgery, and I wish him a speedy recovery. And uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, D'Angelo Harrison, maybe if he hit, he doesn't get hurt, he is on course for that. Um, you know, CJ Harris missed the game, so that, that kind of hurt his chances. But and then also I guess Kyle, you know Kyle Allman, you know they ended up, uh, uh, you know there was loss in there as well, so that you know that kind of hurt his chances. So it's it's kind of hard to, com- to to really complain about any of these guys, and um, 
And 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 fortunately, um, I guess okay, it depends on, on on how long Super Chat will be out. But uh, unfortunately, really only one. Fortunately, only one of the guys uh, won't uh, won't be around for the uh, for the playoffs. So let's 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 look at the the draw really quick, um, and then we'll kind of uh, what I thought was we'll just kind of go into our sort of overtime sort of. Uh, style and just give a quick review because we do talk quite a bit with um, with the the three uh, three announcers uh, about it. So the the breakdown uh, in Group I: Hapol Unit, Credit Halone, Tofas Bursa, Pinar Kashiaka, Happy Casa Brindisi, uh, and then there's the the name change in uh, in Group J, which we are all going to have to get used to: Lenovo Tenerife, Heredia San Pablo Burgos, Igokea. And Favriga, uh, Group K is Six Strasbourg, Turk Telecom, Nizdi Novgorod, and Ike Athens. And then Group L, Broza, Bamberg, Casa de Monte, Saragossa, Dynamo Sassari, and um, yeah, Nimburg. Um, so what uh, what I was kind of thinking was uh, we'll just go sort of into an overtime. And, and I guess, um, you know, everybody wants sort of the group of death and whatever, try to figure out, you know, who, you know, you know, give a... Uh, uh, a description. So I guess I guess let's let's start with actually the toughest draw. Who do you who do you think um, uh, got the toughest draw? I mean, it was always going to be Vefriga, no matter what they got. But I mean, th- this is just a horrible group from for them because they have to face Tenerife, which is probably the most experienced team along with Ike. So it's going to be youth <laughs> against experience, and then they have to face. Two teams which are physically probably the strongest two teams of the competition, and Burgos and Igokia are just tall, strong, big bodies. And I'm not sure how it's gonna work with Vefriga's uh, kind of passion to play fast basketball and play uh, kind of in, in, in playful mode, like with Allman and Kaiser flying and Zoic's hitting shots. I'm not sure that it's going to be an easy draw for them. I think this is probably the toughest thing that they could have gotten out of this uh, draw. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, there'll, there'll definitely be people who think uh, uh, Igokea, um, uh got the toughest draw. Um, but, but I figured that that would be the group. But I'm, I'm actually going to go with Bumberg, and, and I actually kind of brought it up in the in the talk later. We talked about Bumberg and. Um, there's reason to wonder whether or not uh, Bamberg, um, um, if maybe we're 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 putting up a, a Bamberg a little too too much, but you know you look at Saragossa, Sassari, and Nimbrook, you know all really strong teams um, that that you know also have experience and, uh, and so I, I think actually Bamberg will um, you know if if uh, you know I didn't want to take the same team, so I went with with Bamberg because that's going to be really tough. Uh, really tough draw with with guys that um, you know are experienced in in this competition who who really you know know how to deal with late game situations um, and is Bomber going to be able to do their thing of, of just you know the consist- consistency and efficiency and then just sort of wear teams out you know they ended up you know their six wins were you know four of them were Bilbao and Fortitudo so you know and I want to say it was 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 nothing. Um, and I think the plus minus on, on the two wins of Kashaka was uh, seven or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to go with Bumberg. Um, uh, I kind of dreaded this actually, actually after I said, after I said we were going to do it and I, and I said easiest draw, which I don't think any of these, 
any of these uh, draws are easy. I think all of them are, are extremely um, uh, uh, um, uh, even. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'm gonna go with Karshiaka. Um, they, you know, they do have um, the 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 sort of um, you know they they've won both their games over Tofas in the league already, um, and. Uh, you know they they do play a little bit more powerful um, and have mo- a little bit more experience I think than Brindisi or Halon. That's but that's just kind of a cop out because I I, I kind of wish I didn't ask this ask ask us for do this question. <laughs> so uh, so I'm actually looking forward to see what you say as far as easiest draw. Uh, the easiest draw for me actually is Nimburg because they the what you said like a bomber aren't as convincing as they appear to be at 6-0 because of their domestic record. And same goes for Zaragoza, really, because even mm. though they won their group, they're also struggling domestically. And then the, you have Inamo Sassari, which is a great team, but they were basically on a brink of elimination with Bakkenberg flying all over Group A in the regular season. So they do have their weaknesses. They're going to be a bit different, of course, with the new players coming in. Uh, there's going to be some changes, but I think that Nimburg are, have to be happy about the draw. Uh, they got really good names in opponents. They're going to be extremely motivated to keep putting Nimburg on the basketball map. And at the same time, they avoided uh, meeting uh, Burgos or Tenerife or Aek. So th- this is a good group for Nimburg. I like your answer better than mine. <laughs> um, let's go to playoff games most looking forward to. Um, this is now. Um, I have basically no reason to pick this one, but Ike against Turk Telecom. I just feel that it's gonna be like the, the biggest individual talents that we have in this league is among those two teams because you have like five or six players who can win a game by, by themselves in that matchup. And it's all going to be about two final eight teams trying to figure each out each other out. I mean, who do you give the ball to win the game? It could be Langford, it could be Moreira, it could be Wiltshire, it could be Decker, it could be Johnson, it could be Michael Eric, it could be uh, Linus Christikopoulos, it could be anybody. So talent-wise, I think this is going to be the... the Best basketball individually that anybody could play. I mean, this is this is the one to watch. Yeah, um, I, I obviously there's the two thrilling Spanish games uh, with Tenerife and Burgos, um, and interesting in, interesting uh, in that one is that uh, there's actually a game. Um, the 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 first game is. March 9th and on March 13th there's the ACB game in Burgos um, and then uh, and then the next the other game in, in Tenerife is April 6th so it would have been a more interesting had they played the ACB game before the BCL game but it's the other way around um, I actually went with March 9th um, with uh, Favriga uh, against Igokea because 
that that game will kind of at least show a, a, a trend and which team has the best chance to maybe get past those two Spanish teams. So that and then obviously there's, you know, obviously there's there's point differential and all this other stuff. But that's kind of the first indicator of that group, because obviously everybody says, you know, the two, you know, monsters uh, from Spain in that group and, and sort of that that game will kind of decide if it is a, you know, who's going to be maybe um, fighting for the third spot. All right. Um, next one is looking at the draw. Which team would shock you if they don't reach the final eight? Um, and I guess it's my turn. Uh, for for fear of uh, of of picking one of the wrong Spanish teams um, that uh, and that upstart either upstart Iokea or Fevriga do get in, uh, I'm going to go with Kashiaka actually. Um, that I would be really surprised if they don't make it to the final eight. Also, just with the experience that those guys have. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. What do you got? Um, I mean, Tenerife and Burgos are the obvious answers here, but uh, I feel like Turk Telecom are, are going to have to be at the final eight. I'm really impressed with their basketball, and I enjoy watching them and, and feel like they. They kind of got burned in last season when when they lost in the quarterfinals by a single point. So they do have some added motive, motivation to, to go and win it all this time around. And I'd be really surprised to see them get knocked out by either Nizhny or Strasbourg or Ajax. Yeah, good. It, totally legit. Um, and then looking at the draw, which team would shock you if they reached the final eight? Oh man, I mean, I can't, I'm trying to avoid the Gokea and Riga here because you know, <laughs> whatever we want. I if mean, we want, if we want, we could say which non-group J team. Yeah, non-group J team. <laughs> I mean, even though, like, I wouldn't be all that surprised with the Gokea and Riga reaching the final eight because they have extremely good records domestically. I mean, the Gokea are basically sharing the top of the Adriatic League and. Fefriga are doing what Nimburg has been doing for a long time and keep piling up the victories in their Latvian Estonian league. So I'm gonna say from I, I would be really surprised to see if Brindisi make the final eight. That all depends on the length of Harrison's injury, of course. But like if they can do it without him and be at the final eight, that would be like the shock. Like, I would be completely shocked. Um, but other than that, I mean, the, the, these are 16 extremely close teams. I mean, there's not a big difference between either one of them. So this is just a tough question to pick up. Yeah, uh, I guess this is kind of another one that I kind of wish I, 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 had, I hadn't asked us to, add, to answer. But whatever, you know. Um, I think um, for... And and definitely not a homer here. I'm I'm actually going to say Bumberg because I, I really I I I am kind of questioning them. You know they 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 also lost in the uh, in the in the domestic league against against Fechter and that was Fechter's first win of the um, uh, first win of the season. They just lost to Göttingen uh, in a team uh, in a game which had a lot of players from both sides playing against their former teams and stuff like that and. Um, I just, I kind of wonder maybe a little bit about, about the size that they do have, you know, whether or not Chevon Thompson is, is going to be really a, a big answer for them. 
Um, so I'm going to go, I guess, I guess the question was which, uh, which team would shock you if they reached the final. I guess that's kind of a strong statement, but I would most be surprised, I think, if uh, non non group J team. Uh, I'm gonna go with Browser Bumberg. Yeah, and you know, the the interesting part about that group is gonna be the big guys because this is every single team has a gigantic dude under the basket to hit you and protect the rim, and at the same time have the ability of bending up with a double double. So like you have Zimmerman in Nimburg, you have Miro Bilan in Sasari, you have. Klinason and Thompson in Zaragoza, and then you have Kravish and the other Thompson uh, in Bamberg. So this is going to be like, if you're in the mood for some good old-fashioned like bone-to-bone basketball, this is going to be fun to watch. All right, let's um, let's move to our quote interview of the week. It's really, more, like I said, more of a roundtable. Uh, we chat with the... With three of the announcers uh, for the Basketball Champions League, Mark Clark, Lloyd Gardner, and Jeff Taylor. So enjoy this chat, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week, we have a trio of guests. Uh, We have Mark Clark, Lloyd Gardner, and Jeff Taylor, three of the announcers for the Basketball Champions League. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Dave. Appreciate it. Hi, Dave. Thanks very much. Um, okay, so listeners of the show over the past couple of years, uh, they've heard Jeff uh, on the on the podcast. Um, so, Jeff, uh, you know that people will know a little bit of his story. I do want to have uh, maybe all three of you guys just uh, give us a give us a abbreviated uh, sort of uh, background, uh, just to kind of let the the people who listen to the podcast, but also listen to you guys on a weekly basis. Uh, kind of know uh, who you are. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll w- let's go alphabetically. So, so Mark, why don't you start? Um, yeah, Mark Clark. I've um, worked for FIBA as a as a, a commentator with FIBA Media since uh, two thousand and five six. Um, I've been the director of uh, national teams at GB Basketball. Currently, coach in the WBBL with the London Lions and uh, direct the Barkin Abbey Basketball Academy, and as well as the working with uh, Lloyd and Jeff on a number of occasions at, uh, at major tournaments. Um, so I started commentating for FIBA 2011, I believe, at the, uh, the Eurobasket in Lithuania alongside Jeff, actually. Um, and, you know, my full-time job usually is, is coaching here in the UK. I uh, coached previously in the BBL as the head coach of the London City Royals. And I've been an assistant coach with the, the GB men and the under-20 GB national teams as well. Yeah, uh, I was born in 1965, April, and I've I've been covering, uh, I I suppose, international basketball since 1997, uh, after I moved to Europe from uh, America, and um, so I kind of began my affiliation with FIBA at that point, and uh, have, yeah, been a... Uh, a news journalist, do a lot of writing, but also I've uh, worked uh, pretty much exclusively for FIBA since uh, 2008 and had the kind of the dream dream job of, uh, you know, going around to tournaments and covering a lot of basketball games. And, and also it's been uh, a lot of fun covering the Basketball Champions League since its inception. So and uh, one, one of the great joys in all of this is uh, the people that you get to know. Uh, 
so I know Mark very well. I know Lloyd very well. And Dave, obviously, you and I probably go back even further, you know, uh, since Eurobasket 2005 in Serbia and mm-hmm. obviously going to the World Cup in Japan. So, yeah. So it's been it's been a fun ride. Long may it continue. Definitely. And uh, and very soon uh, with the with the hope of uh, normality, uh, getting back to some of that um, fans and everything else. All right. So we just had the draw for the for the playoffs, which is one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to have you guys on just to kind of, let's say, wrap up the the regular season up in a bow and 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 uh and 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 sort of look forward so this will be basically sort of a roundtable chat about the regular season what sort of the you know lasting memories what have you and then also um sort of uh, thoughts about what the the playoff uh, group phase uh can will look like um so why don't we why don't we just start off with maybe um maybe favorite moment um, or game uh, from the regular season, maybe just the, uh, the, and you know, if that sort of typifies what uh, the regular season was about, you know, maybe just let's start with that. And, and let's start with you, Jeff. Well, you know, the basketball champions league and, and European basketball overall just has sometimes some crazy, crazy finishes. And it didn't take long for me to get that. It was right at the start of the season uh, Sig Strasbourg were playing against Vefriga, and Vefriga took a two-point lead late in the final minute with about, gosh, I can't remember, inside 30 seconds or 18 seconds or something. And instead of going back and playing defense uh, or even fouling to prevent whatever, they, in fact, they decided to foul to put Sig on the line. And uh, I think their thinking was that if Sig made both free throws, at least they would have the last possession. But I think they also thought that they would possibly miss the shot, which they did. They missed one of the two free throws. And Bonzi Colson, this incredible athlete, his length, was able to get in there, rebound the basketball, and then 10 seconds later uh, hit a game-winning three-pointer that, with a hand in his face. So that was easily, uh, for me, that was my favorite moment of this season. And and the good news is for Vefriga is I think they they kind of got past that moment, which was really a disaster at the end, and they and they qualified for the playoffs. Yeah, that was one of uh, one of those Jeff moments too, uh, commentating <laughs> moments. Um, uh, let's go. Let's go to Lloyd. I I haven't got a game. I've got kind of a, a collection to to be honest. You know, my favorite moment first of all is. Champions League being back on the floor properly with the with a regular season, but um, you know I I'm going to say that the start of Zaragoza in the the regular season for them to go back to back game winners um, to win their first two games, so beating Lublin on on their opening day with the three from DJ Seeley, and then to turn around their next game, obviously not the next week, but the next game the the three from Ennis to beat Nizhny. And then two weeks later, them going to overtime as well to then get. Oh, sorry, three weeks later, them going to overtime again to get another win. So I'm going to say Zaragoza, who have, have qualified top of the group with you know barely winning a game by double figures, but just knowing what to do and getting through. There, there's some good memories for me from this year. Um, the, the 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 thing that uh, when when I was going through thinking about this, it was more that 
you know, covering the uh, the back the, covering the first game after all the the COVID stuff uh, and you know the effort, the changes, and everything else, and then to actually see some basketball Champions League basketball on the floor. And uh, I've covered a number of back end games uh, this year, and they've been a, like a real breath of fresh air. I think they've got a uh, I think they're a great example of uh, how the basketball champion league helps a team try and establish itself in Europe. But just that, hey, we're back playing basketball in the basketball champions league is the is pro. Hey, I kept going back to that whenever I was thinking about specific games. I kept going back to that was just a huge thing. You know, we we'd been talking as guy, you know, a group of friends and everything about you know how how are we going to get back? How is how it's going to happen? Um, and down to a lot of people doing a lot of work and, and clubs doing a lot of things. I, just the fact that we were back playing basketball in the Basketball Champions League was a huge moment. I agree with 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 Mark probably in that that just the fact that the, that the you know we had we had gotten through that uh, you know we had we had accomplished the the bubble um, with the final eight. You know, however intense of a bubble it was, or whatever. But and and now, you know, you have all of these. But that's one location, and you have all of these different countries, and you have no idea the format had changed, and and so now we're, you know, all these different countries having, you know, their different situations with COVID, and then just you know, be you know, have a sigh of relief. Hey, it's 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 actually on, which was which was which was so so great. Um, maybe let's let's go uh, let's go with Mark then. Um, the let's call it the revelation of the regular hmm. season. Um, I, I'm 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 stuck at backing because mm-hmm. I think uh, Q. Jake Peterson was just <clears throat> phenomenal. I think they came so close to, you know, after not winning a game in previous uh, in previous uh, times in the Basketball Champions League, they um, they they showed up every week, and uh, I think I thought Peterson was just uh, yeah just made he had a great season. He made everyone else around him. So in terms of a revelation, that club if it moves on again, then they, then they got a chance to qualify for the postseason, you know, in, in years to come. And I think that's great for basketball in that country. I think it's great for them, and and he in particular had a tremendous season. Um, yeah, for me, I don't know if I have a you know a revelation. I agree with Mark about back, and I thought they were great and and disappointing really they're not through to the top 16 um I, I think you know a couple of teams to, to highlight I thought they they did well and you know impressed me Tofus coming top of the group in, in group B I thought you know that's worth highlighting uh the way they played to get through there and, and obviously you know to, to top their group the other one potentially Brosa Baskets as well for you know a team struggling domestically in in Germany under 500 to be un- unbeaten, six and zero in, in the Champions League, and I felt you know they did a really good job of being ready to play every week in this competition, and that's really hard for them. Um, and then you know the other one, I'm going to say an individual for me, I'm going to throw out a, a, you know Yannick Moreira as well because I think that he took a massive leap this year. Uh, I was really impressed with his play. I uh, thought he's brought a, a massive maturity to his game this year with Ike. Um, big reason why they, they did so well at the start of the regular season, for sure. Um, you know, I think he's developed in the way that he's played. You think back to when we saw him in the, the Champions League a couple of years ago, um, you know, he, he's really kind of developed his game to be a, one of the leaders of, of a contender team, really. So I'm going to say him. I thought he was a, a big step up. I was impressed with the way Moreira played as well. Well, I'll, I'll start with the player that really impressed me. 
uh, from the off and from that very first game that I, I was talking about, uh, not for Sig Strasburg, uh, but for Vefriga. Kyle Allman was obviously he's uh, successful collegiately uh, back in the day at Cal State Fullerton. But, you know, to come into the Basketball Champions League and he just had that presence that get me the ball in these difficult situations and I'm going to get to the basket and good things are going to happen. Uh, as Retton Obatohan says, uh, for Nimberg is like, get your feet wet, get into the paint, attack the basket. Good things are going to happen. And I think he's just made such a big difference. His, uh, his interplay with, uh, Kaiser, uh, the center has been terrific, uh, for that team. So, uh, for me, uh, he was a real revelation. And in many respects, also, Vefriga were a revelation because don't forget, they were riding a, a big losing streak in the Basketball Champions League coming into this season. And that continued with the loss to, uh, to Strasbourg. Uh, so they were able to turn it around and, you know, really played good basketball. Uh, so I, I was really excited uh, to see Allman, uh, Kaiser, and Vefriga. Uh, make something of their season and and now it's going to get even harder for them but i just would not write them off um let, let's let's go to the the to the, the teams that we say goodbye to um and i'm going to say either a, 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 a team or a player that has been eliminated um that you'll miss the most and wish that they were still on and let's let's start with jeff well, we've already talked about them, Bach and Bears. You know, in a way, how unfortunate that a team gets hot uh, halfway through their campaign. They win three games, probably the hottest team in the Basketball Champions League, uh, but they missed out. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, a story. It, it was nice because it also kind of coincided with Denmark winning a couple of times in European qualifiers. And it's kind of like basketball is alive and kicking in, in Denmark and uh, it, you know, they just really were fearless. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope that this is a season that they're going to be able to build on and, and to come back stronger next year. Yeah, I'm with you on Bakken, 100%. I, I think they're the team that will be missed. Um, I think we talked about Peterson, but, but Steve Stevens as well, mm. I think would be a big miss. I really enjoyed watching him play. Um, thought, thought they brought an excitement to the league with, with the style as much as anything else as well. On top of the way, like like Jeff said, you know they they won games and got hot. I throw out a couple of others. I, I got Ostend just because I like watching the the teenage uh, trio, uh, Vanderverst, Silla, and and Nakic for them. So I would have loved to have seen those three kind of get in the, be in the rotation against uh, or into the heart of the playoffs. Um, I got Jerusalem down just because I think they they got got a, got a great team. I thought they really missed out on that final game, an opportunity to qualify. And they should really have, have made it through and didn't. And then player-wise, I've got David Helston from uh, from Chalet. I, I'm disappointed he's he's not there. I think he's a great player. He's one of the ones that we're going to miss not being able to see at the playoff level. You know, uh, Lloyd, I, um, I I would agree with you on the Jerusalem one. I think the Jerusalem thing is a frustration to me. I think in the last few years they've they've underachieved. They've got. Yeah, they've got some great players. You know, in in obviously in years gone by, they've had great crowds, and and in many ways, it's like uh, they, they, if they look back at the last two or three years in the basketball Champions League, they've just got to be so frustrated. Um, the other the other group, uh, both player and um, 
and team that I really enjoyed watching is Sambate and that, that, that Hungarian with a crazy gym, with a crazy mural on the wall. Um, and, and Zoltan Pearl, I, 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 you know, we're not pulling for anybody, but at times you're almost pulling for them because, uh, they're one of the, the teams that genuinely got great contributions uh, across the roster, came close in a number of games, had chances to win games. And and again, the program has moved on from one year to the next. And uh, and Pearl in particular is like dependable. You can always count on him. And I think uh, it's good to see guys playing in their home country for, for one of their own clubs and taking that club to the next level, hopefully. So I would hope in the same way that I think backing can, can build, I think, uh, that they can build as well for the following season if they're, they're back in the basketball champions league and they're fun to watch. Mark, speaking of, uh, speaking of Pearl, I'm going to tell you another Pearl of a player, Jerry Blakes mm-hmm. from Cholet. I'm going to really miss him. Uh, I got to call a couple of his games for Cholet and this might just be the, the most exciting player that you don't know of in European basketball and his enthusiasm, his love for the game uh, he just enjoys being on the basketball court and you go to his Twitter and, and it's, it's all there for you. It's not pressure when you're doing what you love. Uh, it's not the, uh, the dog, it's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. Keep going. Uh, and really it kind of embodied his, his performances on the court. So Cholet, you know, they were exciting. They weren't quite good enough. Uh, but they gave us some good memories and keep an eye on Jerry Blake's moving forward. Let's, let's move to surprises. Um, and, and I'll give you the option to say positive, negative, or both. Um, and let's say either player or team. Um, so Mark, the, the, the biggest negative and or positive uh, surprise of the regular season player or, uh, or team? Uh, I, I, my biggest negative is how some of those clubs with huge pedigrees and histories. Uh, it used to be something I always enjoyed looking to cover. If you look, you know, if you were going to cover a game in retest with retest playing, you thought this is going to be a tough one. They're going to get out there and play hard and, and they're, they're, they're going to be a, a real plus for the competition. Uh, their underachievement was a dis- was a was a surprise. Um, in the same way that I wasn't expecting Bologna to come in and you know tear it up or anything, but to go zero wins um, is that was a surprise. Um, so they're they're two two negative surprises. And I, and I know we, we keep banging on about Backham, but Backham to me was just a revelation. I just loved it. I, I, they were just a surprise all around. Everything about what they were doing was a surprise, but a good surprise. And I think the trouble for them maybe next year is that no one's going to be surprised anymore. So they, they're not going to be able to hijack anybody or surprise anybody. Um, but uh, the, the biggest surprise was the performance of some of those bigger clubs. Maybe that's um, Maybe that's around how good, some of these other programs have become. Maybe it's not the, the fact that those clubs are struggling. It's, it's other programs have, through their participation in the Basketball Champions League and the FIBA Europe Cup, have learned how to play uh, at these levels. And so that's 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 a great that's a great development. But the surprise was the performance of some of those bigger clubs. I, I think positive surprises. We we kind of talked about them. Uh, you know, I mentioned Tofas. We talked about Bakken. and we talked about some of those. You know, the other teams have done really well for me. You know the negative uh, is Dijon in, in the fact that they haven't qualified forward. This is the team top of Pro A, 
um, you know, playing pretty well. You look at their their individual roster as well. So I, I think I just said Holston was at Schiller, but Holston obviously in the backcourt um, alongside Axel Julian. They, they've got Chasson up front. They, they've got a really good team. Uh, for them to not qualify out of Group B, I think is a, is a big kind of negative for me, um, especially after they've done pretty well in, in the, the Champions League, you know, coming third last year as well. So that's that's a big loss. So I'd, I'd say they're kind of my, my negative um, after, yeah, we've probably outlined most of the positives. So I'd, I'd repeat. Well, I think for me, a, a real positive uh, would be Igokea from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Okay, they get in with a three and three record. Uh, they advance. They need a little bit of help. Uh, but similar to Bakken, uh, you know, they, they're, I think they're the only team that has has come through the qualifying to make it this far. Their their national team, uh, with some of these players actually involved, uh, has advanced to the Eurobasket. So you just it seems like there's a nice little uh, synergy there working uh, with the national team and 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 uh, and the club. Um, and you know what? We talk about the disappointment, perhaps, of some of the big names like the Darushafikas, the Hapoel Jerusalems, uh, some of these other clubs not making it, or some, you know, the Bilbao's, some of these clubs that have hit the heights in the past. But in a way, it's kind of a positive because it just goes to show, you know what? It doesn't, it, you know, don't tell us about your big name. You know, you got to win it on the court. And, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, these other clubs were hungry, um, but I will definitely, I will definitely agree with Lloyd. It is hard to accept that JDA Dijon has not made it, uh, having made it, having finished fourth last last uh, last season. Third, they even took third place. Uh, I mean, okay, I mean, you you they did win three four games. I mean, you have to, you know, it's it's the old adage in international basketball. You it's it's uh, it's either the game you win or how many points you lose or win by. And and they, you know, got you know got 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 stung by that. Um, all right, let, let's let's move to the draw. Uh, we have the playoff groupings set. Um, Group I has Halone, Brindisi, Kashiaka, and Bursa. Um, and then in Group J, we have the reigning champions, Burgos, Igokea, Tenerife, and Favriga. Uh, group K, Ike, Nizhny Novgorod, Strasbourg, Turk Telecom. And then Group L has Broza Bamberg, Saragossa, Sassari, and uh, Nimbrook. Um I guess let's let's start off. Uh, let's start with Jeff. Uh, maybe uh, never want to say easiest or hardest, um, but but maybe your thoughts on and you could go either way or both. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, team that that got the easiest or hardest draw. Uh, well, for me, I think Ike possibly got the easiest draw. Um, I just can't see them not finishing in the top two of a group that includes Strasbourg, Turk Telecom, and Nizhny Novgorod if they're if they're focused and they're playing hard. Whereas I find it awfully difficult for any other team in Group J uh, to to come out ahead of you know I can't see Tenerife and San Pablo Burgos not not finishing in the top two in that group ahead of Vigokea and Vefriga. Uh, I would 100% agree with you, Jeff, on that. Uh, uh, the Tenerife group with uh, with Burgos. Although 
the two teams that are in that group with them are teams we've talked about already as teams that are achieving, overachieving, finding ways to win. You know, both of them in particular, some of the, 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 uh, the journey to those venues is going to be tough and who knows how much might get taken out of Tenerife and Burgos with the ACB game at the weekend. I would 100% agree with you. I can't see Burgos and Tenerife not making it, but some of those games are set for upsets. So it's an intriguing, uh, that would be a surprise, but I think that's probably the most set group that you'd say will back the top two. That would be it. Um, some of the other groups, they're, they're, they're very tough to call, but you mentioned like the Strasbourg group. I'm, I've been very impressed with Strasbourg. I know we've given them a hard time in the past because they underachieve. Uh, I think coach has done a great job at up, up in the tempo with them. And uh, Coulson's a, a super player and they seem to have a thing going and they're doing relatively well in the French league. And I've, I've started to get some momentum there with, with more games being played. So I, that group with Tenerife and, uh, and Burgos to me is the done deal group. It's done. Those two should qualify, but it's just the upset. If you're covering those games, it could be, there could be some great upset games there. I, I'm afraid this at you then, Jeff. How are you going to how are you going to talk about how good uh, Riga are and then say that <laughs> so I'm going to ask you that one number one and then number two Group K so you're saying I can't going to qualify assuming that means that they're going to be you know with all due respect to Nizhny Novgorod I think that's a tough tough ask for them to to win and qualify but Strasbourg and Telecom you can't see Strasbourg beating Ike is that much of a done deal. I think so, but you know, I've, I'm never 100% right. But um, yeah, just from the quality from top to bottom. Also, they've got the experience. I like them. Turk Telecom have uh, been a team that I've covered a lot this year, and they've won five five of their six games. But it's not like they completely blow teams out. I mean, they they never really uh, strangle the life out of an opponent. Um, I do think that they were impressive in their last game and they've got better guard play now. So they will be, they will be interesting. Whereas with Vef Riga, you know, coming through their group, even with that horrible loss with Pedesteri and Rizas Vilnius, I mean, I, I don't think that that was, yeah, it was a great season for them, but I just feel like two teams coming out of Spain, two former champions and that in this competition I just think that they're going to have uh, way too much for Igakea and Vefriga. But thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> I, I will I will say that both San Burgo, uh, San Pablo Burgos and Tenerife, they cannot underestimate either of those other two teams, though. I mean, like I said, Igakea beat um, Turk Telecom and and uh, Hapo Jerusalem in back-to-back games. Fevriga you know, is, is really one of the most dynamic teams in this competition. Of course, they don't have the depth that, that either of those two, te- the other two Spanish teams do have. But, you know, and, and then, you know, who knows what's going to, to, to happen between the, the games of, of, uh, of Tenerife and, and, and Burgos. Um, so I, I, I think that's probably going to be the, the, that would be the answer. But so there, there's obviously two, um, uh, domestic derbies, if you will. Um, and uh, I, I noticed that, uh, I can't remember which one, I think it was the Brindisi, uh a member of the Brindisi team had said, uh, uh, whatever club had said that, you know, maybe the trip 
Um, maybe you know Kashiaka and 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 uh, Tofas have a have a maybe a small advantage because that trip is not that far. I looked and it's still 345 kilometers from Bursa to Izmir, and I don't think there's a lot of uh, planes going between there. So that's that's still a pretty decent, uh, uh still a pretty decent trip. Um. What what do you guys think of of that dynamic in that group? Um, Tofas uh, did lose both games to Kashiaka. Have lost both games to Kashiaka this season so far. Yeah, if I, I'll jump in first. I you know kind of going back. I I think that the Spanish teams. Uh, sorry to Group J. I, I can't see him losing either. Even though I asked you the question, Jeff, I, I'm convinced. And I think the the other big talking point, Group L. I think that's that's the group of death for me mm-hmm. with Bamberg, Zaragoza, um, Sassari and, and Nimberg in, in that for sure. I think that one in Group I that, that you were just asking about, David, are, are the kind of the two that are most up in the air. Uh, Tofas and Pinakasiaka, like you said, you know, Tofas have come through, done really well in their group, but Pinakasiaka are the ones kind of riding high in Turkey and playing really well. So. I think that's that's a challenging group, and even Halon and Brindisi, you know, I kind of get the feeling they're a bit up and down, uh, perhaps not as consistent, but easily of that that group I, any two of those four teams can come out, and and it wouldn't really surprise me. Um, I think Tofas, obviously, group winners, they're up there, but you know, I, e- easily the two second place teams that have qualified into Group I could could come out of that as well. I. I... Uh, unfortunately, my response is going to be, I agree with Lloyd in, in the sense that um, I think there are these two halves, if you want. There's, there's two groups that look pretty set and the other two where it, they're, they're, they're too tough to call um, that the group with Nimberg in is like anyone wins. I, I think uh, I think the and I always say this about groups of four when you've got these this type of scenario. It's like you 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 can't afford to, to slip up. Uh, you can't afford a big loss. Uh, because the you know points difference and uh, equations that these these groups are that tight that you could end up with often with three teams with the same win loss record. So I think being able to manage um, the type of style of groups that you've got, as in a fourteen group, you can't. It's not like the 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 eighteen groups of previous years in the regular season where you can afford a night off because if you're a good team, you're going to win enough games. Uh, and, I, and that's my one concern about Ike. They they they, they seem to lose games in bunches, uh, and they go on a, and they get on a bit of a downer, and they can't sort of snap out of it. If they start poorly, they could dig themselves too big a hole, and that could upset. But uh, I do think that you know there are two groups here where I, I if if I was a betting person, I wouldn't be gambling on anyone winning the groups. But there are two groups where I think we would all probably agree that there are two very strong favourites, and uh, you know we've we've already gone through those groups. Yeah, and I think also when you look at uh, Tenerife and Burgos, you're talking about two teams uh, not only that have won this competition in the past, but they're in the top five yeah. of of Spain. And you know, from what I can tell, the Spanish league is the best top to bottom. I mean, you just can't take a week off. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that these two teams are going to be in the Copa del Rey, they're going to be, you know, that these are two clubs that have because of the basketball champions league it seems like uh they have elevated their status their prestige whatever they've moved from strength to strength and that's even with tenerife kind of retooling and bringing in you know uh a whole set of new players uh, from from the initial year that they won that they won the title so 
Um, and, you know, you got Burgos playing in the FIBA Intercontinental Cup, uh, representing the Basketball Champions League. So, yeah, so from that standpoint, uh, but I don't think they will look, I don't think they will look past Igrakea or Vefriga, uh, no chance whatsoever. And for Pinar Karciaka, for me, they have got some, some big time talent in their team. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't think that they're, they're standing in Turkey is by a mistake. Uh, you know, this is a team that really is, is built to win potentially, uh, and possibly, uh, better than Turk telecom. So that would be, that would be my expectation at least to definitely see Pinar Karciaka uh, continue to move, move on and, uh, and be a, a, a possible dark horse to win the title. I was, I was just going to say, Jeff, we did when we covered Turk telecom in the final eight, and going into the final eight, they, they they were a big talking team. They 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 had a lot of players that they, they continue to have. There's a lot of depth, and they came up short. And again, you know, the regular season here, they've looked decent. And uh, there's, do you think they have something to prove? Because they they really did disappoint in the final eight after a really strong regular season. I know there was obviously the huge gap, different roster, but you know, etc. But this, I, I think this Turk Telecom team has something to to prove. Or they have a they have a weakness, and and it, it's I'm not really sure how that's going to pan out for them because on their record in the regular season they should be a one of the favourites to get you know to back to the final eight. But I just still have this nagging question mark. You know what went wrong in the final eight? You know when it comes I, down to those like one off you know really big game, you've got to win, you've got to show up, and that's where we're going to be in the playoff groups. Uh, do they do they have that type of mentality to deal with that? Yeah, I think that they were really, you know, unfortunately for them, uh, I think the final eight came at the wrong time. You know, mm. it, had it come earlier and you hadn't had the disruption. Uh, and obviously the same thing with Hapoel Bank, Yahab Jerusalem. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, you had the Spanish clubs that were already seen to be in their rhythm. Um, I did see a little more ruthlessness uh, coming from Turk Telecom against Igokea in their last game, which I thought, boded well or bodes well. Uh, Michael Eric usually tends to come out and really dominate the game in the first quarter and then kind of fades, you know, and this time he came back and was, was really strong. Nick Johnson, perhaps one of the more underrated players in the basketball champions league mm-hmm. and point guard. I mean, he is crucial for them. Uh, and I don't, I don't remember him actually being in the team at the final eight. So, and, and you know what Sam Decker's like, Sam Decker's a yeah. guy that takes a lot of responsibility and plays well, and Kyle Wiltshire obviously needs no introduction. Are they a little thin, perhaps, coming off the bench? I might say that would be a potential weakness for them. And, uh, you know, I haven't said anything about Kamar Baldwin. I mean, he's a good player, but my main concern for Turk Telecom uh, and Coach Gordon is, uh, you know, what happens when you take when you take your main guys off the floor. And I think that's where you have other teams, you have a lot more depth, and that's where they're probably – going to be exposed and i would i would continue that sort of theme with them because you know that win that they you know they they uh they beat jerusalem and they trailed the whole game and you know if that was that team is that team showed a, a resilience i didn't know they had so that bodes well for them and that that's i think that they may have a point to prove they may use that you know under par performance in the Final eight as uh, as a little bit of a, a focal point and mo- mo- you know, motivation point. Um, 
I'd like them to do well because I, the players you've just mentioned are talented and you want to see those talented players in the, in the final eight again. Uh, I'll um, ask the questions then. You talked about uh, Telecom. We talked about the, the, the Spanish teams, especially, you know, two things. Number one, the timing of, of the break last year and how that affected Telecom. Let's hope, you know, a similar thing doesn't happen this year, not necessarily with a, a worldwide lockdown, but the teams are disrupted going into, you know, the, the playoff stages. Is it going to be a team which is just hit with a, you know, a pause in their domestic season or something in their country that causes them to be disrupted? I think that would be a shame for that to happen because I think that was a massive thing last year. And then also the, the coaching element. You know, we look at the, the uh, team like Tenerife and, and Coach Vidoreta He's a massive part of why Tenerife is so good and why we put them in in that upper echelon all the time. So, you know, are the other teams, do they have that coaching that can cope with them? And how important is that going into the playoff stages? You know, there is one other team I'd like to kind of get your opinion about and and, and maybe we can kind of keep this one short. I, I don't know if it was... Um, you know, just trying to put some pressure out there or whatever. But I did notice that uh, Wojciech Ruban said that uh, his quote was, even though Bumber are not playing, playing well in the German league, uh, they have a good momentum in the BCL. And judging from their form in the regular season, they are the favorites in our group. Uh, that's Group L with Saragossa, Sassari, and, and Nimbrook as well. Um, the question is, okay, so we both talked about, we all talked, we kind of talked about how, you know, Bilbao and, and Bologna disappointed and uh, Bamberg beat Kashiaka by one point and then it was two weeks later they beat Kashiaka then by six points. So is, and and they are struggling, uh, Bamberg is struggling in the, in the, in the German league. They uh, just a couple of weeks ago um, even lost to, um, hang on a second. Uh, they even lost in the German league to Rasta Fechter, which was Fechter's first win of the season. Um, are we overestimating a little bit, uh, uh, Brose Bamberg? Uh, I- I'll let you start with Jeff. Uh, it's really tough to say. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes you get clubs that this happens, so, you know, there's, you know, in, in different sports as well, they, they struggle domestically. Uh, they see, you know, but it's always important to play for a trophy and to have, have something going and especially a club like Bomberg in freak city. Uh, uh, you know, this is a, a, a club that expects results. Um, and if they get it in the basketball champions league and they survive and they continue to play in, in, in the German top flight, well, that's going to be not a bad season. So, um, I would, I would still expect them to be ready, all guns blazing. And I just don't think that their wins in the basketball champions league are, are by, you know, fluky. So, you know, this, this will be a dangerous team. I'm not sure I agree with Ruban. I, uh, I would tend mm-hmm. to think that right now, maybe the team you need, you need to be looking at over your shoulder is Zaragoza because a, uh, since, Sergio Hernandez has arrived. They seem to be gelling a little bit more. Uh, they did get blown out by Basconia in their last game in Spain, but before that, they had reeled off four consecutive wins, albeit not against great opponents, but it does seem to be like maybe they're starting to come around a little bit more. And um, So, yeah, I, I do think that Nimberg are going to be up against it, but, you know, uh, 
I think they've got really good players. They've got the continuity, content, some continuity with Rubon still there, with the coach still there. So, uh, who was coach of the year last year, in fact. So, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting group for for sure. I, I think that you have to say Bamberg are the favourite because they're the only unbeaten team left, right? They're the only team that hasn't lost a game. So, from that sense, I, I can see why they're the favourites in Group L, even though it's it's tough. I, I would counter that a little with a, I think that Bamberg probably have played, you know, uh, uh, at their best, if not kind of to full capacity during the regular season. Whereas a lot of the other teams maybe have another gear they can go into. Um, so I, I would argue, uh, you know, are they the favourites to win? No, I wouldn't have said so, even though they're the only unbeaten team. I think other teams have the ability to take that next step and to go to a higher level when the game's really on the line, whereas Bamberg have kind of already reached that point, and, and credit to them. Um, and I agree with Jeff. I, I think Zaragoza, um, you just look at the roster personnel-wise, I think they're really deep. They've got some some game winners within their team as well. Uh, I think Hernandez is a great coach. He's a great addition to them as well. And I, I kind of, yeah, I look at them as, as probably the favourites in, in Group L for me, if you weren't to take in... Uh, the form of the regular season into account. Um, I, I 100% agree about Zaragoza. I mean, I think the the most important pickup anyone's had in many ways across the Basketball Champions League is is Hernandez as a coach. Uh, I think that in in that move makes them a really strong proposition. Um, I'm not really sure um, who will be second if that's the way it looks, but I think Brosser are. Over, overrated. I, I, I take their German form and look at it, and, and maybe they've they've got it right in some in some basketball Champions League games. I would, I, I think it's uh, it's a tough ask uh, to go and play away against uh, the other two teams in that group. I would put Nimberg because of their experience. I think Nimberg will just do enough managing the group, managing their results to be second to Zaragoza, and I, I, I think Brosa may even come last in that group. It's interesting. We haven't even really spoken about Dynamo Sasseri. And I mean, you yeah. know, this is a team that has, uh, I mean, let's not forget. I mean, they, they absolutely, I think, laid the wood to Tenerife at mm. the start of the season. Uh, yeah. You know, to the point where I, I actually thought for a moment Chus Vitoretta might, might step away uh, from Tenerife after that because they, they beat him like 20 points. But then again, you know, which Dinamo Sassari are we watching? Are we watching that Dinamo Sassari or are we watching the, the Dinamo Sassari that lost at Tenerife 115-85? Uh, you know, so, and it's kind of hard to evaluate them after they, they win their last game against Galatasaray 92-81. to But, yeah, so maybe, strangely, Dinamo Sassari could be flying under the radar a little bit. And who knows, maybe they're going to, you know, maybe they and Zaragoza will advance and maybe Bamberg will well, not uh, along with Nimberg. Well, you take away, I mean, Sassari at home are just a, a normally a, just a phenomenal performing team. They don't very, but then, you know, you have their, their loss to Bakken and, and it's like, I, I, I like the way Sassari always play in the basketball champ. They're fun to watch. They're up-tempo. They shoot the ball. Um, I, I think that, as a, I, I think that, I think everybody's better than Broser in that group. I, I think Broser, Bamberger, 
I, I did them late on a couple of times and, and they won, but without really going, God, this team is good. They won because they were relatively efficient in the game. They're a very, very good team. I just think that group's got the other three teams would probably uh, have the step on them. All right, let's close it off with um, you guys have all been around since the beginning, uh, the start of the Basketball Champions League. And maybe just give your your opinion of the development of the of the BCL from its from its start in 2016 to where it's at right now. Uh, and since Mark, you went first, I'll let you go first. Um, I think if you look at you look right back to what the Basketball Champions League said it was going to do and what it was its objectives were, and the way it was a collaboration between clubs and federations and and i think everything it said it wanted to do i think it's made enormous progress along that route and i think that's always important to say it's not like this are we going to be a great competition they they laid it out right there that qualification was through the performance in your domestic leagues the 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 link between domestic leagues and and federations etc is a strong point in the basketball champions league i think the way that has enabled uh, teams from countries like Denmark, countries where clubs have not traditionally done too well in, in men's uh, European competitions, uh, has given them uh, the platform to actually develop as, as leagues, uh, develop as clubs, and has raised the expectation of their domestic leagues in trying to qualify for, for, the, for, the, for the Basketball Champions League. So I think what it's set out to do, I think it's, it's definitely doing it. And the coverage, I think the coverage now is, uh, I, I haven't seen the latest figures, but phenomenal uh, coverage across uh, not just Europe, but across the basketball world for the, for the competition. Um, and as a competition in its own right, I think it, it washes its own face now. It stands comparison. Uh, you know, is it a competition that's sustainable? Is it a competition that's going to continue to get better? Absolutely yes to all those. But I think the biggest thing, it, it's allowed clubs from non-powerhouse countries, if you want, to establish themselves and raise the level of basketball in those countries. I'm a fan of of the evolution of the competition. I I think just generally the way you look and the pandemic and COVID has has kind of been something that that proves it even more. The way the competition structure has changed this year for the better because of COVID, the way we've been able to get through the way that you know all games have been able to be played, that hasn't caused a disruption to this competition so far, and I think that's that's a really good thing. And and I think if you look at the way, you know, over the years that we've had now, every year just a little change, a little wrinkle here or there, an adjustment, and and that has made the competition better year on year. And I, and I think that's a really good thing. You know, the fact that the product and the and the competition does improve every year. We have now more competitive games. You know, the teams that are coming in, uh, we talked about the bigger names or more historical names coming in has been a great thing, but we would have loved them to have done better this year, um, perhaps. So, yeah, I, I think the way that every year the league takes a step forward is the most impressive thing for me and probably the thing I enjoy most about it as well. Yeah, I think the evolution has been, has been terrific. Uh, first of all, I think what we what you really have to do is appreciate that you know they were able to finish last season. It wasn't easy. They were the only only European league to do so. 
club competition to actually go out and and basically finish the season and have a champion. Uh, and I think that was crucial. And it was not a small effort. There was a lot of effort that went into that, as has been this season, despite all of the chaos and our daily lives uh, for the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, you know, you have interruptions, but I, I like to I like to say the show goes on. And that has been crucial. And it just, I think, speaks to the professionalism of uh, the Basketball Champions League and, and all of the clubs and their commitment um, that, that, that that has happened. Uh, the other thing is that y- you just cannot escape is that there is this element of David and Goliath. There is this, this element that, hey, every team in Europe has a chance. Every team can try to get into this league uh, on merit uh, and you can dream. And, you know, so that's why you, you, you go back and you look at the Bakkens and you look at the Igokeas and you look at these teams. Uh, and I remember even when Burgos, you know, the, the talk was, hey, wow, Burgos, they're going to try to qualify for the Basketball Champions League. You might you better keep an eye on them. They've got a great fan base. Uh, you know, the door was not shut to them. You know what? If they proved, if they could get into a position to where they could get into a qualifying round, they would have a chance to try to get into the to the regular season. They took advantage of that in the very first season. They won the title, and you know they have moved from strength to strength, just like Tenerife has. And you see the benefits for Zaragoza again. Uh, so yeah, so I, I just think overall, and, and the other thing that's that's nice about it is you know. They're respecting the domestic leagues. You know, the games are on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. The domestic leagues are the lifebloods of basketball in Europe. And, you know, basketball is only going to be as strong uh, as it is. You know, it's only going to be as strong as it can be if the domestic leagues are strong. So the fact that they play all of their games, you know, regular season on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, that that is huge. Um and it's also great to see, again, that synergy between the national teams and some of those players then coming and playing back for their clubs. It's inescapable to suggest that there's no link, you know, that you do see the benefit of these guys uh, taking their breaks and going to play for their national teams. So I, I, I firmly believe that. So I think it's moving in the right direction. We've had different champions every single year. Um and to me, it's as exciting now as it was at the very beginning. And and I'm saying this in a season when we haven't had fans. So that I think that speaks volumes about the Basketball Champions League. All right. Uh, Jeff uh, noted in there, the show goes on. Uh, we actually have to wait until March 2nd uh, for the for the playoffs to start. Um, but uh, definitely can't wait for that. Uh, I want to thank um, Mark Clark, uh, Lloyd Gardner, and Jeff Taylor for coming on the show. Appreciate your time, and uh, uh, enjoy the uh, um, enjoy the break. Uh, I know you guys have national team stuff that you'll be doing as well, but uh, uh, and uh, and now we have the we have the group uh, we have the draw now for the playoffs to kind of look forward to and think about, and all these enticing matchups and everything else to to think about for uh, for a good month. And so that much uh, will be fun. Uh, but guys, thanks for coming on and 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 giving uh, the the listeners 
um, some recollections of uh, this the season, uh, some 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 insight into what the playoffs might look like, as well as um, sort of a look back uh, over the life of the competition. All right, thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thank you. Okay, thank you to uh, to those guys for coming on and um, and just giving us their their insight. Um, nice to hear from from you know the guys that we listen to every week uh, in week in week out. Um, I, I guess you know that's that's really all we have this week. Obviously, there's no games to talk about uh, ahead of um, you know before. Uh, you know, we'll catch up uh, you know the the week before to kind of get an idea of the of the first first game day in the in the playoffs. Um, maybe just eager if you want to let let the people know what you might have coming up uh, during the break as far as content that the that the people uh, can uh, can read your wonderful stuff. Uh, I'm gonna do one of my help side columns. Uh, it's probably gonna be about the MVP race. Need to update it and to see who's now leading the pack. And it's probably a good good thing to. Uh, finally have 16 teams to choose from other than 32 because that's going to make my life at least a little bit easier even though like narrowing down to 10 people was was extremely difficult yeah uh, I'll, I'll be doing a couple of pieces uh, homegrown youth pieces uh, over the next couple of weeks we will have podcasts every week we'll be talking to to uh, players coaches gms whatnot um so no no need to worry there will be basketball champions league uh, podcasts coming at you every week um so i guess uh, igor maybe because i don't know exactly how much we're gonna you know the listeners are gonna have uh, have have you around uh, maybe just what you what you uh, what you're going to be watching for um, as far as really kind of domestically now for these teams, um, whether that's signings, you know, how they're playing in the leagues, whatnot. I mean, a lot of cups are going to be played, so that, that's always fun for me. I mean, I, I really love them hunting the trophy, so uh, the Spanish Cup is going to be a huge fiesta with Burgos and Tenerife having their chance to win a trophy. So it's gonna, there's going to be some really good domestic rivalries coming up and I always enjoy those I mean I try and watch as much domestic leagues as possible and that's that's why I like February because like even though there's no BCL games I get to focus a little bit more on domestic leagues and, and see just how the teams know each other so well I get the feeling of those rivalries and trying to find some new rivalries all across the Europe yeah, fantastic. Well said. Well said. Uh, with all those cups coming up, uh, should be should be fun. Uh, all right, so that's the show. Uh, if you you know you can follow us, uh, Basketball Champions League on Twitter and Instagram. The the handle is Basketball CL. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, there's the mobile app. You can subscribe to to our podcast. There's the website is championsleague.basketball where you can get all the content. You can reach out to us, contact us through email as well. The address is info at championsleague.basketball. And of course, all the games are live and on demand on livebasketball.tv. So you can go back and and watch uh, all the action from the regular season. Uh, Igor, uh, thanks for a good good regular season run and uh, looking forward to seeing how the playoffs play out. Same here, Dave. Same here. All right. Take care, everybody, and talk to you next week.